Hi, good day. Welcome back to Castle's Council, episode number four in this series. My name is Stephen Castle, and today we're talking a, an interesting topic that uh, most people are actually uh, considering these days, and that's social media marketing. And uh, with me today, I have a friend, and I'd even go so far as to say a mentor of mine, Chris Irwin from Inbound. Chris, welcome to Castle's Council. Steve, good to be here. Chris, can you give us a little bit of background in, in marketing? Yeah, sure, man, Steve. Firstly, thanks so much for having me on the show. It's been good to um, listen to your first couple of podcasts, and I'm excited about what you're doing, doing some cool stuff. Thank you. Yeah, my history in marketing, I mean, started back in 2005 when I was uh, tasked with, you know, selling some hardware for a local um, important distribution company in the kind of home automation and uh, audio niche. Um, and I was walking through Eastgate Mall one day with an amplifier in my, under my arm and I thought, Shit, there really has to be a better way than doing this, you know. So I started really just um, doing a bit of research and looking around a bit and I stumbled upon a book um, in the CNA. Those days we used to go to the CNA and read books. when are still books. <laughs> yeah, correct. Yeah. And I stumbled upon a book and they were speaking about Google AdWords. And I, I read the book and I'd kind of related it to my own experience. Remember this going way back to 2005 um, on how I was behaving with the internet at the time and, and, and how I used the internet. And it just made perfect sense to me that, that the internet was, was going to arbitrage everything in terms of marketing, just in terms of the access to information, how quickly you could get information about what you're looking for. And I, I knew that I had to start learning how to use the internet. Obviously, prior to that, my entire experience Experience in marketing was, you know, around getting a magazine um, advert done or going and setting up a trade show or doing a few flyers. But from that day in 2005, I made it my, my mission to understand the internet. And, and specifically back then, the, the most effective form of marketing on the internet was certainly through Google. If people were looking for um, the service or product that you had, if you could um, appear right up on the top of the search results um, by paying to be there, the cost per click back then was so low that the, the return on investment was just ridiculous. So as an example, if you were manufacturing wooden tables in a certain area and someone was um, looking to buy a, a new dining room, table that go jump onto Google, you know, dining room tables four ways, hit the enter button and your brand pops up at the top. They click on there, you have an offer for them. They pick up the phone, they dial you, you do a proposal, and basically you're off the races. Um, so I got really good at doing that on Google over the coming years, and we built the company up from kind of nothing. And that's using Google Words? Using Google AdWords only. AdWords. Yeah, specifically. Was it called AdWords then? It was, yeah. It was called So AdWords Google has actually AdWords. been around that long? Yeah, many, many, many years. Been around since then, you say? It is, yeah. I mean, that was early days. Okay. Um, in 2005, 2006, it was really early days. But a lot of people were using Google. It was becoming, it was starting to become the dominant search engine. Um, um, and if you could really, when, when people had the need for what you sold, if they could key something into Google on a computer and, and you would pop up near the top of the search results, mm. there was a very good chance that you'd get the call. And if you're selling something for three or 5,000 Rand at a you know, 40, 50% GP and you're paying eight, nine bucks for the click and you're getting like you know, maybe 20 clicks to get a deal, the ROI was insanely good. Okay, now that click thing we're going to come back to a little sure. while just to understand the click idea because yep. I, I want to get into it a bit more. No but what I want to ask you is that's looking on the Google search engines and yeah. is google a social media platform because I, I would think google's a, a search engine as such the social media platforms that i refer to is your your facebook's your your twitter your instagram those are the platforms that people mostly associate as a social platform 
Yeah, absolutely. So Google, uh, the, you know, I'm going into this to set the context for the story. Yeah, okay. Uh, um, Google is not a social media platform. I mean, they tried really hard to, to jump in on social by, by opening up their own network, Google+, Plus, which failed dismally. Yeah, Google+, Plus is still around, apparently, yeah. but it's on its way out. It looks like they might be cancelling it completely. Yeah, I mean, there's just there's just hardly any um, engagements on the platform. So people okay. set up an account, they just don't go back. So okay. there's, there's no retention. But Google is still around, and Google is still very, very strong. There's a big difference between what Google does well and what social media is and we'll get into that a little bit later okay in the early days there was no social media so 2005 2006 2007 8 9 10 11 12 there, there was no social media i mean myspace started coming into the game in 2009 2010 started coming or maybe even a bit earlier actually it was a little bit earlier than a little bit job. earlier you know myspace then facebook but yeah. in terms of using social media as a marketing and sales accelerator yeah I mean, that was really recent. That's in the past, you know, maybe maybe like five or six years yeah. that it's been really good. Yes. So it's really new. So it all started in terms of using the internet to turn, to make money. It really started with Google and search and people looking for things. And they're either finding you through a paid search ad right at the top of the results, or they're finding you through organic search. So you put a piece of content together, you write about it. A lot of people cite the content, your content appears higher up. In the search results, when people type something, you present the content to the person, they read the content, they make a decision, they buy whatever you're selling. Um, that has always played a very big role in internet marketing. But then social media came into the mix. People started using it, 2007, 2008, 2009. And we talk about social media, we're talking about your Facebook, yeah, your Instagram, correct, your correct. Twitters. Your... Absolutely. So, okay. so we have to make the differentiation between search and social. Yeah. So search is when I need something, right? You have a, a pest problem in your house, a termite problem. You jump onto your phone. You jump onto Google and you look for, uh, you know, pest control companies in four ways. And the results that pop up at the top, you, you look, at the, look at a couple, you click a couple, you make a decision, you make the call, they get the deal. That's search. Yeah. Social is something completely different. Social, you're sitting down at work, you've got five minutes, you know, going spare. Jump on your cell phone, you quickly have a scroll through your, your Facebook feed, not really looking for anything. Your timeline. Correct. Your, your timeline, absolutely. Your feed. Mm. Um, that's social media. Yeah. And, th and there's a fundamental difference. And the approach to marketing on the two platforms, completely different. With social media... Media, it's all about audiences. So everyone, almost everybody is on social media that you want to be speaking to. It doesn't matter what industry they're in. So it doesn't matter whether they're doctors, dentists, you know, plumbers, yeah. um, whoever they are, like consumers, like, like very basic consumers, um, up to LSM10s, everyone is on there, Facebook, Instagram. It was interesting when you, we had a chat just before the podcast and we spoke about return on investment. Yes. And yes, a lot of people fail, like when they market on social media because their approach is completely wrong. See, because that's one of the questions I wanted to ask you in some I was reading about in, in Forbes, Forbes put an article out in, in May this year, and they were talking about the return of investment on social media marketing, saying that there's a 78% uh, of, of agency or 78% of business out there uses social media. Of that, only 48% speak about a return on investment. But what they don't say is that, is it because they're not understanding the platform correctly? Because there, there's a whole gray area there of, is it correctly used? I think that's where we could have the fall off. And I think that's very important is to understand what's the right way to use that platform. And I'm, I'm, that's obviously why I've asked you to come in, because I think you've got a very good insight as, as into how to increase that rate of return. Yeah, I mean, it's an, it's an interesting question, and it's a very new space. So what is the ROI of a billboard? What is the ROI of being at a trade show? 
what is the ROI of a magazine of, of a magazine ad, an A4 magazine ad? Back in the old days, people used to take out magazine ads. Yeah, it, it, they still do. They, they still do. Yes. <laughs> even Believe wor- it or not. Even worse, what is the ROI of a TV ad? Yeah. Okay. Like, like nobody, nobody really knows. What I will tell you is that social media and the state of the internet at the end of 2018, it, we're living through the best opportunity ever in in terms of accessibility to an incredible marketing and sales acceleration platform. It doesn't matter what you do. So if you're running a gym, if you're if you're a, a doctor, if you're selling B2B, whatever you're doing, we're sitting on the best opportunity that's ever, ever existed in terms of marketing and sales in one platform. Back to Based on why? Based on why, because we have access, we're able to get our message into the right person's pocket this afternoon. In the old days, you'd need to hire an agency, you'd need to hire a creative, you'd need to find out who owns the inventory. So who might buy that magazine that might sit on the doctor's counter and might have the right person that might pick it up and read it? So it's like scattering seed, isn't it? It's, hoping that's going to land you know, in 100% and there's absolutely you don't actually know if any of the right people see your message. You think they might, yeah. but you don't know. And, and you have even less of an idea what you are right. Okay. With social, when done correctly, you know exactly who you're speaking to. And you're able to very carefully measure who consumes your content, who engages with your content, and who actually becomes a paying customer. You cannot do that. Or you've never been able to do that in the past. So I would argue that, and I'd go back to the beginning of your question now, Steve, where we spoke about ROI. Just to kind of get back to that statement, I'd say as good as it is, probably like one in a hundred people using paid marketing on Facebook, on Instagram, on LinkedIn, on Twitter actually know what they're doing. So Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn, they'll happily take your money and they'll happily, they'll happily keep siphoning your credit card. <laughs> but, but if you don't know, your ROI is going to be zero. Okay, so how do you get to know what you're doing? It's called Google. Anything... <laughs> goes back to the search. Yeah, the, it goes back to the search. You know, Google, YouTube. Like, the reality is nobody needs an agency. Like, you could make a decision today that you wanted to be the best. So... Uh, um, Instagram and Facebook marketer by the end of this holiday. And, you know, by, by the middle of January, you could be an absolute machine because everything you need to know is available. Someone's someone's giving away most of what they know for free because they want you to, like, buy something else. But you don't even need to buy that something else. You, you can learn how to do everything. So if, if you understand what you're selling and who your customer is, I will tell you social media is, is, is by far the most effective mechanism of selling, of marketing and selling on one single platform, whether it be Facebook or Instagram or LinkedIn whatever you're doing, obviously the, the messaging needs to be different depending on the audience you're trying to read. There has never been a better opportunity than right now. So more bang for your buck. Yeah, like like 100x, right? The question then is, you say there definitely then is a benefit for the small business. There is a benefit for everybody. It doesn't matter if you're a Fortune 500 company or like a, or, or you're, you're like running a one-man operation. Um, social media, if you're not using social media to communicate with your audience, you're going to be irrelevant because people's decisions, when it comes to buying something, their decisions are pre-made because of social media now. The salesman, really his role has changed because if you think about your own consumer habits now, when you go to buy something, you know what size it is, you know what color it is, you know what specification you want. Um, you actually know more than the salesman because you've spent the past three months being influenced and consuming content from the brand that you're about to spend money and buy on social media. So absolutely relevant for every size of business. Something very interesting what you just said now, being influenced. In my research into this whole podcast, I came across obviously that the top platform involved in social media and the, the likes have been Facebook, Twitter, WhatsApp, Instagram, 
YouTube, and Pinterest. And what's quite astounding for me is that how many of these companies are owned by each other. It almost lends itself to a, to sort of manipulating you in a certain way if they decided to. They have the they have that platform where they can pretty much put you somewhere where you where they want you to go. They, they have that ability to do it. And obviously, what, another thing what's happening is that these guys are listening to everything that you do and they have all that information. So it's we're not far from having a society, I think, of where we actually start getting manipulated by these big companies. So as much as I can advertise on it and let you know I've got a product, if they decide they want to manipulate you to rather buy red pants instead of buying blue pants, they pretty much could do it. And it'd be interesting to see, I think psychologically down the line, if that will actually have an effect. The question I get now, and I look, and I look at what you're saying in terms of we spoke about it earlier about reaching the, your market and finding your audience and being attractive to the small business and the big business. What is your audience and how do you react and interact with them? Because whenever I've gone onto the social media platform and I try and do, and I, what I have done with Castle's Council is I've tried to boost, obviously, when, I, when the episode comes out, just to give it a little bit more notice or a bit more audience. I've noticed that it talks about people rich and people engaged. What are those differences in terms of post-rich and post-engaged, Chris? Okay, so, so I mean, I'd love to get back to the point that you made earlier, but maybe we should leave that to the end. If I could just touch on yeah. it now, though. Um, I think it's a misconception that, that you know, Microsoft, obviously, um, Mark Zuckerberg having Facebook, Instagram, and WhatsApp. Mm. I mean, that's the power combo, right? That's three. That's three of the biggest. I mean, it's got to be the biggest. Are they inherently bad guys and are they going to like use these incredible, these miraculous platforms that they've built to like turn against us? Like, I don't know. I don't think so. There, there, there may be a risk there. But but what I can tell you is with the data that they're collecting, it's the biz- biggest gift that, that, that the world's ever given to any savvy marketer. So anyone that like understands the sheer size of the audience that, that, that these platforms give you access to. If you just think of who do you know that does have either Facebook or Instagram or WhatsApp. It basically, like they've got access to most of the world that have an electronic device in their hand they have access to. Interesting fact about that is they reckon out of the seven seven point six billion people in the in the world, five billion have access to use uh, mobile devices, but three point three million of those are, are active on. So sorry, billion, you create your. So three point three billion people are active on on devices, and that's growing obviously every day. Yeah, between Facebook, LinkedIn, and WhatsApp, they've got access to about two and a half billion of those. So one company has has a lot of consumer data. I don't think that the, the platforms are in any way going to um, jeopardize these mega companies that they've built up. They have built this as a platform for, for marketers. You know, I mean, I mean, initially when Mark Zuckerberg started this whole thing, it was a communication platform for college students. Well, everyone said, how do you make money? It's free. Yeah. Everyone yeah, was saying, what? this is free. How come it's free? Yeah, he, under, he understood the value of, of building, a, uh, building a massive database of people, but more importantly, building a massive database of people that engage with a product 5, 8, 10, 15 times a day. I mean, we're doing 50 to 100 telephone pickups a day, and, and kind of three quarters of those are to jump onto social media. So, so that the, he's got us exactly where he needs, needs us. Now, now, he's not going to manipulate that in any way. All he's doing is, is creating pots of users to sell to marketers, really. Yeah. And he's not selling Stephen Castle to a marketer, but he's selling all of, your, demo, all of your, your, your entire demographic profile with how much you earn, what you do, who you socialize with, um, what interest you have. Um, you, you know, kind of in the US, it even goes down to like how much of your, your home loan you need to pay back and so forth. You can get a lot of like financial data on people. Yeah. They're never going to know it's you. The thing is, they're always going to know that they can hit that exact persona with their exact message to depending on what they're selling. So it's a, it's a male age? 100%. That type it's of, a profile. It's a profile, okay. It's a profile. I mean, Facebook would uh, completely jeopardize their entire empire if they were to leak out your data. So it's not your data. It's a profile of you. So you, you mean know, I'm, not, I'm not one of a kind? <laughs> 
Well, you could be. You know, it, it's actually possible when playing with Facebook's targeting to actually have your ad served to like five people. So if you were to pick out a demographic and put a message together and put like a 10 bucks behind it, you, you would find you'd, you'd be able to get into those exact people's pockets if they had a very unique like demographic profile. Yeah. Yep. So, so it's very, very powerful. And to the second part of the question, what was the, um, we were talking about? Just in terms of understanding what it is that what I'm doing when I'm doing my social marketing, what is people rich and post engagement? Okay. So we're jumping a bit, but what we're looking at is we're looking at kind of performance metrics now. So, so a post, if you think about Facebook, if you put out a post, everybody in your circle or, or quite a few of the people in your circle, because it's kind of just your post and just your friends. Um, if you put it out and one or two of your friends engage with the post, so in other words, they see your post come up and they like it. And maybe another friend sees it and they also like it. That means that Facebook will start showing that post to more of your friends because it deems that that post is valuable and it deems that you put something out that is of value to your to your circle, right? The, that is reach, right? So, so now it's it's reaching. You put out a post, you know, I read it, another one of your friends read it, and someone else reads it. So your post has reached three people, right? Mm. But now we might see that post twice. So it means it's reached three people, but it's had six impressions because the reach is three, yeah. but we've each seen it twice. So okay. that's the difference between reach and impressions. There are literally thousands of, of measurement metrics when you're looking at social media and you're looking at how people engage and what they do. In the organic space, so in the in the non-paid space, uh, um, you, you know, your your engagement and reach is really good. So in other words, you're having a bra on the weekend, got some mates around, you take a lack of photo, you post it, a lot of your friends are going to see that, right? I mean, if it's if it's really if it's really junk and a lot of your friends see it and kind of they hide it and they, they don't really engage with it, less friends will see it but if quite a few friends engage with it and talk about it they're like you know nice one steve who was there you know they start kind of really getting involved in it then a lot of your friends will actually organically see that post so so organic reach on social media is pretty easy but as soon as you start trying to sell something it becomes a very very different set of play so now suddenly you're not steven talking to his 500 mates on facebook you're steven trying to sell something to not your 500 mates but 50,000 people that could potentially buy what you're trying to sell then it becomes a completely paid to play space so then you have to pay money to get reached so to reach those people and you have to pay money to get impressions for those people to see your content once or multiple times so can i ask you then so let's let's just use castle's council as, a, as an example, okay, so now I, I want people to listen to Castle's counsel. I want them to hear what we have to say and what has been said and what's going to be said down the line. What am I looking to do? Because I'm, I'm look, I look at Castle Council's page and I see uh, it says, uh, get started with automated ads. They come up and they want me now to hit and you shake your head and you roll your eyes. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Okay, so at the beginning of the, 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 the chat, Steve, we said that Facebook be happy to take your money. And this is one of those cases because they will happily run this ad. They will, if you put 500 Rand in this because you want to kind of get a, get a few people to see your podcast and maybe get a couple of people to engage and a couple of people to like your page, mm-hmm. um, Facebook will t- happily take that 500 Rand. But the biggest consideration with any social media marketing is your audience so if you don't understand how to do audience targeting properly you're probably just going to blow that whole five and rent ultimately there has to be a purpose why you're doing this podcast and it may be initially that you're kind of you enjoy it but i mean down the line there may be a business waiting here right so i mean if this became big and there was a there was a large engaged audience for this podcast you become the media house right so so more and more and more now like the radio stations are kind of second best you become the media house if you've got ten thousand people listening to this podcast and they're all in a very specific demographic you'll find brands that are very very happy to 
pay you money to talk about their stuff before you go into your podcast. I mean, that's that's how these things are monetized, right? So it may not be the intention now. And I'm getting to your question. I'm getting back to answering your question. The most important thing for you, Steve, is to understand who you want listening to this podcast. There has to be there, there has to be a specific demographic that you're after, and and that that would happen naturally anyway because of the type of topics that you're discussing and so forth. And and your first job on Facebook would be to define a very tight audience. You don't want to speak to the 19 million people that are going to log into Facebook today because 99% of them for, for your particular purpose or 99.9% of them would be useless. So then what would I be the my first fundamental? Do I, Am I looking for page likes or am I looking for link clicks? You're looking for engagement. I'm looking for engagement. Yes. So, so you're looking for people that engage. Um, but you know, so, is, so is an engagement a link click? Yeah, in, absolutely. So, so engagement is definitely a link click. So they're going to click something yeah, and that means and there's even, an engagement. Even, even a like is, is a type of engagement. But you really want people... Likes are okay because you're able to kind of jump in and see who's liking your page. And the first question you want to ask yourself when you see that is you say like, is this kind of what I had in mind for the audience of this podcast? And engagement would be people kind of jumping on and saying, hey, Steve, I really enjoyed that podcast. Because then you know that your message is resonating with that audience. Okay, so I'm going to ask you that. Just just say that again to me. Engagement would be somebody that they either have to physically click or comment to re- register as an engagement. So there are lots of different types of engagement. So okay. you're quite right. And then click is engagement. A like is engagement. A comment is engagement. A share is engagement. A reaction is engagement. So if I like, if I smile, if I if I hate it, if I you know, yeah, into those one emojis, of those faces, yeah. and they're all weighted slightly differently in terms of like if I was paying to get reach with that post, yeah. like if people were commenting on it, it would be a much bigger indicator to Facebook that that content was of value. A like is really easy, so that's of much Less lower value. lower significance. Yeah. I mean, I'm probably jumping a bit, but but it's just important to understand that in, engagement is your primary objective, and and there are different types of engagement. So a like is is good, yes. If someone, if you were to put this podcast out and you got a couple of people liking it, that would be great. What would be better is if people engage in it. They said like, hey Steve, that was really a great post. The best engagement you could get is somebody sharing it, because then when someone's saying is I like this so much, I'm actually going to share it with my entire network. Okay. No one's paying me to do this. So so that is the the strongest indicator to Facebook that the content that you're putting out is is of good quality for your selected audience. All right. I understand now what you're saying. Now... I'm selling hammers. Is it the same? Do I do I need the engagement or do I need the likes or the oh, I need the engagement again? It's always the same. If you're selling hammers, your your audience is probably going to be slightly different to the people that are listening to this podcast. Probably I mean, they, men. Yeah, there might be crossover. They like hardware. Yeah, <laughs> looking to build something. So you, that's the demographic in terms of breaking down your audience. Yeah, or, so or, I think or if, like or stores maybe. You know, maybe it was maybe it was someone that had a hardware store. Maybe someone that like you know whatever. Like if they were re- resellers of hammers. So you really got to in order to make your your social marketing effective you really got to identify what it is type of person that would use your product or service i would spend 99 percent of my time doing audience personas so so it's exactly that if you don't understand who buys what you're selling how do you make money what what pays the bills like the, the big place that people get it absolutely wrong with facebook marketing and why people say a lot of people say oh in my industry facebook doesn't work or instagram doesn't work or linkedin doesn't work it's because they don't understand it people jump into it and they pay somebody 10 grand to get them some Facebook likes and it doesn't have any correlation to how much money goes through their book at the end of the month because there is no connection between those. The only thing that matters is finding the right people that you want to talk to. So in other words, people that have the ability to either buy what you sell or influence somebody that could buy what you sell. That's all that matters. So I would spend 99% of my time mapping out every characteristic of that 
persona and spend most of my time doing audience development on any social media platform before I spend one cent. That's where most people get it wrong. But also mostly they don't actually know what they want to get out of it. If you say to most people, what do you want to get out of your, your social media advertising? They'll tell you, oh, I want Facebook likes. But that's completely meaningless. I think we could possibly talk about this all day, Chris. Um, <laughs> it's a big so- topic. It's a big topic, yeah. Uh, in closing, I want just from you one or two do's and don'ts on social media marketing. Okay, cool. So first, the don'ts. Don't let somebody else do it for you. I encourage anyone. So, so I don't care who's listening to this. I don't care if you're running a big company and you've got a marketing team or what you do. Don't let anyone do it for you. I encourage everybody to learn how to do this yourself because I promise you within the next three to five to seven to eight years, this is where marketing and selling is at. Social media is really a slang term for the current state of the internet. This is where it's at. So I'd encourage you, Steve, that if you wanted to do this, and you know your best friend Greg was really good at this, don't ask Greg to do it. Go and learn how to do this. Learn how to develop an audience. Learn what type of content that audience would want. And then create an offer. Say, cool, now I have something to sell. How am I going to get these people that like what I do, that enjoy my content, to buy my stuff? That's what I'd encourage you to do. And learn how to do it yourself. It doesn't mean you have to do it yourself forever. But what it means is that you know how to hire the right person. That would be my primary piece of advice to anybody listening to this is, is don't, th- this opportunity is too big to leave to chance. It's too big. All right, so that's a, a don't. Give us a, a do or two. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. A do, I'm going to go back to the audience part. So before you spend a single cent marketing on any social media channel, you have to identify what it is that you're selling and who it is that's going to buy it. And then the um, the second thing I'd definitely do is that I would go and physically build out a campaign myself on Facebook, on Instagram, and on LinkedIn. I would do the full execution on your own. So from the words on the ad, um, and it doesn't matter what you're doing. So if you're trying to get people to engage with a piece of content like this, or if you think I'm going to try and get three consultations in my you know, physiotherapy practice or whatever it is, I'd encourage you to do everything yourself. So go and set up the ad yourself, go and write the creative yourself, go and put your credit card details into Facebook or Instagram or LinkedIn, whatever you do, and actually go and physically do it yourself. And once you've done it yourself, you don't have to spend a lot of money, maybe you know, 500 bucks, 1,000 bucks, whatever it is, go and analyze it and continue to learn and do it again. So it really comes back to my first point is just do it yourself, understand who you're speaking to and learn it. Okay. I think uh, there's a lot to think about and a lot to, to ponder over. And I, I get you to come back in and, and talk and maybe more specific things because I think it's, it's, a, it's a hell of a broad conversation. Yeah, um, it is, it is. And we don't want to obviously uh, speak forever. So I wanna, I'm going to wrap it up now. I'm going to say... Thank you very much for coming in, Chris. Thanks for coming to talk to us a little bit about social media marketing. I'm not sure if you answered questions or created a whole lot of more questions. Um, I'm hoping the listeners out there would, if they have any questions, please drop the comments in on Castle's Council. And I'm hoping we can get Chris to answer them either in a future podcast or he'll do it uh, via the, the Facebook group and answer them directly there. But um, thank you very much for coming in. I do appreciate your time. And um, we we'll hope to probably see, or hopefully get you back here uh, in a podcast or two's time. Yeah, so that's uh, Castle Council episode number four for the series. Uh, we had Chris Irwin in here from Inbound. Thank you very much. And uh, closing off, just before the new year, I'd like to remind everybody, it's nice to be important, but it's more important to be nice. My name is Stephen Castle, and I don't give a fuck. <laughs>